You're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast by Sam and Brian Dostal. Everything sports, all the time. Folks, I just want to apologize for my performance in the last couple of podcasts because it has not been great by any of the stretch of anyone's imagination. And you, the listener, the loyal Sports Brothers podcast listener, deserves much, much better. The last few podcasts, I've had a coughing storm come over me. Where I thought I was dying, I was coughing so much. My my face was red. I was sweating like crazy, and it just was not going well. It was going all over the air. You know, just me coughing. I was too late. I'll be honest. I was too lazy to cut it out because it was eleven thirty at night. Wanted to go to bed. I had work the next day. Was not really into it. Not only that, I've lost Stump the Bro the last two times. I had a nice cushion of five three lead over Sam. And now we sit here on this July 23rd podcast, and it's tied at 5-5. So my lead is gone, vanished, extinct. i got to start from the bottom again and get that lead back. By the way, Sam is not here for this podcast. He is not here. He's in Batavia, New York for the Connecticut Tigers. Batavia just sounds foreign to me. He said the hotel isn't very great. The Wi-Fi is very iffy. He's actually using his his bus Wi-Fi from his hotel room for his Wi-Fi service in his his hotel room. And last but not least, I threw up one of the biggest stinkers in my early young radio podcasting broadcasting career. Because a few weeks ago, during our MLB Mid-Season Awards show, I came on this very pro- on this very podcast, on this Sports Brothers podcast, the podcast I put so much time into that I love so much, that I love just being with the Nico Empire. It's great. All you people are listening to everything, and it's great. It's great. But one of my pet peeves as a sports fan, as a sports fanatic, is when people get their team and their bias in the way. When they say these Idiotic things just because it's their team and they take common sense out of the way. Well, I did that on a July 10th podcast, not even two weeks ago. I came on this very podcast and said something about the Boston Red Sox that I deeply, deeply regret. Here it is. Team that is not in the playoffs now, but will be after game 162. I'm going Boston Red Sox. Could be a biased pick, and maybe it actually really is. And especially since they've been playing well recently, right? Four game winning streak. Uh, I think, what, seven out of 10 or, or something like that. They've been playing good baseball, uh, but something just tells me, man. <laughs> it might be a little biased, I said, to pick the Red Sox to be in the postseason after game 162. My other reasoning, I don't know, man. I just have that feeling. I did say some other stuff that Clay Buckles is showing well. You know, I did say they had the four 
four straight wins, seven out of ten, whatever, and they had a big series against the Yankees coming up. That was uh, Friday, July 10th, I believe. It, it was it was the day of uh, game one of that series at Fenway before the All-Star break. Like I said before I played the audio clip, I hate people that put their bias, their fanhood, before their sense. And I let you down, folks, and I just want to say I'm sorry. I apologize for that because since this All-Star break, the Red Sox have done nothing but lose. They're in a six-game losing streak, seven if you count the last game before the All-Star break against the, against the Yankees where they lost two or three from that series. So since I've said these fantastic, this, this bold and, and brave statement that the Red Sox of all teams in the American League are going to get that second wild-card spot, they've won one game. The first three games in Anaheim, they scored one run. <laughs> they waste away Miley Start, who threw a no, who was throwing a no hitter going to the sixth inning in the first game after the All Star break, and then they go to Houston, and they just keep on losing there. And it, the Red Sox, they're done. Their their 2015 playoff hopes they're washed out of the way. They're 10 games back, or 11 and a half now. Now since it's it's after last night's loss to Houston when they lost four to two, they're 11 games out of the American League East. Wild card, same deal, double digit deficit from the second wild card spot. There are three teams in the major leagues right now. Fans, listeners of this great podcast that have a worse record than the Boston Red Sox. Three teams. A franchise that is proud and prestigious and is known for winning World Series championships is not getting it done. And it's unbelievable. It really, really is. Last year, just the the, the whirlwinds and the, the seesaw emotions with the Red Sox in the last few years. I mean, you go back to 2011 where they had the what, 10 game lead on August 1st, whatever it was. And, and they, and they blow it. They don't make the playoffs there. 2012 Bobby V a, a strict guy, a guy that's going to take command and, and show these guys, uh, you know, how to play baseball and respect the game. One of the worst seasons in Red Sox history by Bobby V. 2013, somehow, some way, they re, they acquire all these guys. Of course, they have the big Adrian Gonzalez and Josh Beckett trade. Mike Napoli's added to this team. Uh, John Lackey, you know, it, they win the World Series somehow, some way. <laughs> Don't know how to be honest. At looking at this point, the next year, right? You think they're on the uprise after those two terrible 2011, 2012 seasons? You think they're back? But then 2014, they throw up another stinker, a last place finish in the American League East. And we sit here on this July 23rd. And folks, they are currently at a record of 42 and 53. And Red Sox fans, they can't really say that John Henry, Tom Warner, Larry Luciano, the owners and, and uh, of the Red Sox, they've done a bad job with this organization because they have delivered three World Series championships. Let's not forget that. You know, they won the 2004, 2007, and 2013 World Series championships. But the reason why these last two years 
especially this season, has gone so badly for the Red Sox. It's because of a player that they did not sign 17 months ago. A guy that, that they didn't that they made a low ball offer when he was going to be a free agent the coming year, which was this past offseason. John Lester. Now, I'm not saying that this guy it would completely turn this franchise around, but this is a stopper. This is an ace of a staff that the Red Sox desperately, desperately need. They offer him, and I'll always blame this on management. This is I, I completely uh, agree with John Lester, his feelings. He he felt betrayed by the organization, a guy that had spent that originally had spent his entire career with this Red Sox organization, battled through cancer, won game four of the 2007 World Series, pitched in the 2013 World Series, and it was really just the ace of this staff. And they offer him a four-year, $70 million deal is beyond frustrating. So that's, that's a big, big reason why this team is sitting where they are. But they give Pablo Sandoval $100 million. They give Hanley Ramirez $88 million. Folks, their hitting isn't even that great. It's it's not like they're putting runs all over the board. They're 17th in runs this season. You know, the, the pitching, it's... it's... <laughs> A couple of years ago, you had Lester, you had Lackey, who, by the way, has an under-3 ERA in St. Louis. Uh, Joe Kelly's been a disaster since coming to Boston. He, he was a young, promising player. Yeah, it looked good last year, but look what he's turned out to. He pitched last night, but he was demoted to AAA. This is a kid that has a 96, 97-hour fastball, but he's all over the place. It's a, good, it's a good, young, talented kid, and the Red Sox have just completely blowing up his career. If he had stayed in St. Louis, this kid, this Joe Kelly would not be having such a bad season. I mean, look at the Cardinals. They have 60 wins themselves. And and where do the Red Sox go from here? It's it's so difficult. Who do they get rid of? They have no tradable assets. Mike Napoli hitting below the Mendoza line right now, and it's going to be a free agent after this season. Who wants to trade for him? Shane Victorino, he's owed $13 million next season, and he gets injured every other day if when he's actually playing. Who are they going to give up? Are, Pablo and Hanley are both untradeable because of their huge contracts. Porcello, same deal. I don't even know where to think the Red Sox are going in the next coming years. I, I have no idea. I really don't. Because it looks like on paper at least offensively, that they have the tools. You got a young emerging Mookie Betts, Dustin Bajoy, Alexander Bogarts. If there is one positive about this season, Red Sox fans, is that you have an all-star in Alexander Bogarts. I mean, this guy is hitting with power. He's hitting to – he's pulling it. He's going to the opposite side. His glove has gotten so much better. I mean, the play he made in Anaheim a few nights ago with the backhand charging in across his body, oh, He's going to be a good shortstop for the Red Sox for many, many years to come. But even a decision like trading Jose Iglesias, Jose Iglesias for Jake Peavy back in 2013, not a big fan of that. I mean, you look at Jose. He's sitting over 300. He, he makes web jump plays every night. Can you imagine Iglesias at shortstop and Bogarts at third base? <sighs> you know, it's... 
their bullpen is shaky. I mean, Koji, he's not in their next uh, playoff run unless it's next year. I mean, the guy has is owed $9 million next year, and he's going to be 40, 42 years old or 41 years old. So is he really in your – he's not in your long-term pitcher. At this point, I'm almost saying give up young prospects to get a guy like Cole Hamels. He's under contract for three more years and and try to build off that because you need a stopper in a, in a rotation. When you don't have a guy that you can look to and say, yeah, okay, we're going to get a win when he's on the mound, it's tough to win ball games. And look, I'm not just blaming the pitching staff because, again, the offense has been bad as well. I mean, no offense to Brock Holt, but when Brock Holt is your is your star, is the guy that you rely on for consistent at-bats and consistent hits, that's not good. I know he was an all-star, but, you know, Alonso Diaz at, at some points of the season was, was the most reliable hitter for this team. Man. I'm so, I just need to get that off my chest. I, I don't know where the Red Sox are going. I really don't. Was it Tim Kirchner or someone the other day said that the Red Sox believe they're the front runner for Johnny Cueto in the offseason? Good. It's this is this is gonna be a very angry podcast because the things I got lined up for for this one, it's it's a lot of screaming, it's a lot of yelling. Which by the way, I'm still not completely over my cold. I'm drinking water as I go through this podcast. But the Red Sox, just figure it out. I don't know what you, – you, Ben Charrington, you're the general manager. You make these decisions because right now nothing's just working out right now. You're, you're still saying that this team can still make the playoffs this year. You're nuts if you think so. I mean, look, i trying to be positive for the fan base, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, do that in May and June, not on July 23rd. You guys be making decisions about what you want to do for the future with the trade deadline coming up. And speaking of the MLB trade deadline, I'm not going to talk about trade rumors. Sam and I did that last podcast. We'll do it on our Monday or Tuesday podcast. But Rob Manford, the new MLB commissioner, is is proposing an idea of saying he wants to push back the July 31st trade deadline. And personally, I actually like this idea. Uh, the reason why Manfred and and why I agree with it is because a few years ago, back course, I think it was the 2012 season where Major League Baseball opened the second wild card spot. So obviously that puts two more teams into the race. It makes uh, playoff pushes a lot closer, a lot tighter. And Manfred is saying we should give teams, allow teams more time to figure out if they're buyers or sellers. I mean, that's the biggest question in baseball right now in, in this week is, you know, are the Tigers, are they going to sell or buy? Are the Mariners, where, where, are they going to sell or buy? The Padres, where, you know, pushing back the MLB trade deadline to, say, August 15th, just throwing out any date, but August 15th, you know, I like it. it. Again, it allows teams to figure things out. The downside is you have less time to recover a little bit. You know, it's when you come to a new situation, you know, it may not always work out well right away, but from Manafred's standpoint, I like it. You know, he's he's trying to improve and better the MLB, and if, you know, pushing the trade trade deadline back because of the second wildcard spot, I like it. Because, again, there are more teams that are in playoff contention 
than when there was just one wild card spot. I mean, simple math. There's one more spot left in there, so there's going to be more teams that are going to be in the playoff push. So I like it. For instance, you have a team like the Cleveland Indians who are 12 games back in the AL Central, but they're four and a half out of the second wild card. If this were five years ago, these this team is an automatic seller. You know, they're they're trading away their pieces, trying to rebuild everything. But you know, with the second wild card slot, they're they're right in contention. Four and a half, you know, a couple games here, a couple wins there, and they're they're right in this thing. So to push it back. You know, I, I like this idea because, you know, by, by July 31st on that day, you could be feeling pretty good about yourself, but then August 1st, you wake up August 1st after a loss and you could be feeling, oh, we're, we're, you know, we're sellers now. You know, just hearing from different GMs and, and managers, that's how it kind of has that feeling. You know, they feel when we win a game, they're all, you know, they're all in to make the postseason there. But when they lose, they can say, whoa, whoa, you know, we got to kind of uh, ease back here and and rebuilt, you know, it's, it's just a whirlwind of, of emotions. It's the second time you use whirlwind today. Um, but it, I, I like it, you know, to, to, to push it back. You were listening to the sports brothers podcast with Brian Dostler. Sam is in Batavia, New York. You heard me rant about the Red Sox, more ranting to come. There will be no stump the bro. There's no Sam. So there's obviously no stump the bro. Thank God. I get a podcast off. Try to kill that momentum, folks. If if you know, if you listeners, if you want to, we actually, me and Sam don't have like the winner gets something for something, bro. You know, if like if first to ten and you get something or a wheel of punishment or something. If you have an idea, tell us, tweet us at us or text one of us, uh, because that would really uh, spice things up for this podcast, be better for you, the listeners, and it would make something, bro, more entertaining. Uh, personally, I I like it a lot. You know to to try to stump your brother and, and try to beat him with that, it, it's pretty cool. Uh, so if we can have a little extra motivation, a prize or something that you don't want to have to do, you know, I think that's pretty cool. Um, so another rule thing, we're going to shift the gears towards the NBA. Adam Silver is proposing a new idea, and it's probably going to get it done, that the, the top eight of each conference, Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, We'll make the playoffs. So it's no longer – there's no division winners. Uh, it's it's the top eight records that make it. And, again, I like this change. Before you, you know, go all, all up in arms, let me throw you this stat out. Silver said that his NBA experts, you know, his guys, have said that there's a less than 5% chance of a division winner not making the playoffs. I mean, think about it. If you win your division, or if you're in first place of your division, you're gonna be in your playoffs. I mean, how, unless there's a division where there's where every single team makes it, but that, that never happens. That 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 never happens. The most you had was the Northwest Division last year, where there's three teams. There was uh, the Grizzlies, the Spurs, and the Rockets. But I mean, it prevents things like last year. You have the Portland Trailblazers; they have 51 wins. They won their division, the Northwest Division, and they got the four seed. But the Clippers and the Spurs, they were playing for that two seed on the last game of the regular season, which was exciting stuff, which is good stuff. Not that That's good. But the Spurs, who had four more wins than the, than the Trailblazers with 55 and were in third place in their division, 
they were placed as the sixth seed. You know, and it, it just I think it makes sense because to be honest, folks, do we even do you even know all the divisions in the NBA? I mean, could you rattle them off? Only a true NBA fan would, in, in my estimation. I mean, no, you don't even look at the the division standings because you don't care. You just look at the top eight. You know, in baseball, you know, there's the American League East, the, the Central. The you know, we know those divisions because they're regularly talked about. But no one plays for the Northwest Division title or the Atlantic Division title, the Southeast title. Like you know, no one. You don't hear that. It's always about the top eight. You know, teams they can flip uh, or try to get a, a three C versus a four C or whatever it is. You know, even football, that's it's kind of more the you know the, the the divisions. Basketball. Tell me all the eight divisions in in less than twenty seconds without looking it up. You know, and I'll be impressed. Right? People just don't talk about it. So gain away with the divisions, I'm fine with. Because, again, it's not really – it's it's when you win the American League East division in baseball, you know, it's a big deal. You know, it could, because that means you probably won 95 games or so uh, and you're top, top of the crown. But, you know, you win the Atlantic Coast division when you have two teams that have 18 wins in that division, like the, the Sixers and the Knicks did last year. It's like, okay, whoopee. Like <laughs> – What's the, what's the big deal? So I like it. You know, again, I like this change, and I think it'll be good for basketball. It puts the, the best teams out there. It, put, it literally puts the best 16 teams out on the floor. So I think I think that change is good. Sticking with the NBA, <laughs> if you saw the Lakers' introductions the other day, Roy Hibbert, Lou Williams, and Marvin Williams, three new Lakers, who verbally signed their deals and, and, and obviously uh, are now Lakers over two weeks ago, right? I mean, the NBA free agency, the craze, you know, that's over. It's it's done in the past. The, the, these three guys have signed with this team for quite some time. And during their press conference where they got their jerseys and they're answering questions from from uh, reporters, one, one guy asked the three of them, Has, have any of you guys talked to Kobe yet? Yeah, dead silence. Dead silence. And, you know, it's it just with all the talks and, oh, Kobe, he was in the first meeting with LaMarcus Aldridge and, you know, Aldridge didn't like it, blah, blah, blah. And, and Kobe can't go out and reach to, quote, unquote, role players. That's what it, that's what it really comes down to, folks. Kobe's saying, oh, you guys aren't good enough to, for, for, me, to, for me to talk to you because you're not, you don't have a star power. I mean, these guys have been on verbally on this roster for over 14 days, and he has not said one word to them. He has not called them, uh, even texted them, or, or FaceTime. I don't know. He hasn't done anything to get in conversation with these people. Welcome, welcoming to to Laker Nation. You know, hey, why don't we go out to dinner and you know get to know each other a little more? Why don't we go shoot around at the Staple Arena? Nothing. Doesn't say one word to them. Just dead silence in that press conference. And it's on Kobe, folks. That's that's one, the point I'm trying to get to. It's pathetic that he is willing. I'm assuming he's willing. I don't think he's forced to. I think he wants to go in, into these uh, recruitment meetings with getting guys 
like LaMarcus Aldridge and last year Carmelo Anthony uh, and people like that. But when Marvin Williams, Lou Williams, and Roy Hibbert come to Laker Town, doesn't say anything. Doesn't even make a courtesy call once they sign. I mean, you can be, you can still be a star and a good person. You know, you, you can still Kobe just just completely ignoring him. Like why? Like you're trying to get on the right foot with someone, and and with that question, that really just exposed Kobe Bryant. I think. You know, you want to be the leader of this franchise. You want to go on a high note in your last NBA season, and you do that. You don't even talk to three of your guys. And by by the way, Lou Williams was just the sixth man of the year. So you want a guy that can come off the bench and provide some spark? This is your guy. This is literally your guy, and you're not saying anything to him. You want Roy Hibbert to get back into all-star form and be a dominant big man? Not even talking to him. Marvin Williams, a solid role player. Hasn't lived up to his hype when he got drafted second overall. But just doesn't say anything to him. I mean, he's it's it's... It's unbelievable. He, it's it's really unbelievable. Man, just just a lot of anger in this podcast, huh? It's good though. Sometimes you got to get things off your chest. Got the Rockcats tonight. God, they've lost four in a row. Big series against the Reading Phils, though. I think this is the third time I've seen Reading come in. Uh, it's I called the game. The other day from the stands, uh, Jeff Dooley, play-by-play announcer, and obviously who I work with, uh, said, yeah, you know, b- before the year started, before my internship started, he said, yeah, you can go go in the stands and call a game, whatever. So, so yesterday or uh, the other day, I did, and uh, it's interesting. You know, it wasn't that I was embarrassed or afraid that people were hearing me call a game. It was just kind of weird because, and the hardest part is, is I have all these papers of all these stats. And I'm trying to keep track of the game, you know, keeping keeping a, a box score or whatever. And when you're in the stands, there's there's no desk, right? It's it's hard to kind of spread everything out. You got everything in your lap. I don't know. I just I just wasn't a big fan of it. I might I might try it again. If I don't, I wouldn't be surprised either. But um, you know, it was it was interesting. It was also the first time where I was actually watching the game from the field all year. Of course, the Harford Yargoats logo came out a couple weeks ago where he talked about that. Um, but hopefully the Rockets can get back to their winning ways. I mean, they started the year 30-17, 13-game winning streak, which was broken up once once I showed up. My first game they lost. So, you know, I, you know, it's a lot of fun, though, in the press box. People are great in there. Food's good. Uh, and it's just great. If you want it, – it's nice because – get to talk baseball and you get to talk about sports and just hear from different different people, different experiences. Uh, talk to a couple of people that have gone to the Hall of Fame and, and they share their stories there. Uh, it's it's really a really cool experience. Glad I, I uh, took that internship. So, again, if you want to listen to the Rockcats tonight, 14-10, first pitch, 7-0-5, Jeff Dooley will have the call. And then for tomorrow's game, the game will be on CBTV Sports Jeff Dooley and Dan, Dan Lavallo will be on the call for that, and you can uh, watch the game on CBTV Sports from your home. Or, again, you can listen on Fox Sports Radio 1410. Uh, so a couple more things left on this podcast. Again, Sam is with the Connecticut Tigers. 
Uh, Jordan Spieth and Zach Johnson with the British Open. It ended Monday, right? We put we our last podcast was put up on Monday, but we recorded it Sunday night, so it was before the final round. And I actually got home from work. I had a break. I was setting up for a tournament, we, and then we were allowed to go home for a couple hours. I actually saw uh, the 18th hole and then the three playoff holes. And as some of you know, Sam especially knows this, I'm not really a golf watcher at all. I will occasionally watch. I'll watch the majors. I really won't watch anything else. Uh, but when you have a polarizing player like a Jordan Spieth, uh, playing well and winning consecutive major championships, that's when golf's at its highest. And, and that's why I was interested. You know, I, I I really, to be honest, I really would not have cared if if, uh, if Spieth had only won the Masters or only won the U.S. Open and was in, in that final round. But when you have the chance for a calendar slam, calendar grand slam, and – He's there on 18. He has a shot. You know, you, it's must-watch TV. It absolutely is. There's if if you're a sport fan, you have to watch it. Just like Tiger Woods when he was winning all his major championships, it was you, you couldn't miss his next big shot. You had to be there. You had to be watching it. And this is what we're turning to Jordan Spieth. You know, it's it's too bad he was on the losing end of this one, but I'm absolutely rooting for this kid. He's only 21 years old, and my God, I hope he, he breaks Jack Nicholas because if I want to watch golf, but I need a guy like him. But congrats to Zach Johnson, one of a few players to win both the British Open and the Masters in his career. Uh, very emotional press conference. Seems like he's been through a lot, I think. Don't quote me, but I think he had a divorce, it seems like, and then he got back with his wife uh, just based on what he said in, a, in his press conference. But... Um, you know, good for him. You know, good good for him. He deserved it. Um, but again, just for golf's sake, Jordan Spieth is the next big thing, and they need him to keep playing well. And it would have been such a fun storyline going to the PGA Championship if he had a chance to get the calendar slam. You know, and it's it's it is less appealing to me. But then again, if he's in contention on Saturday and especially Sunday, and I'm around, I'm going to put it on. Because, again, you have to see the next big shot that Jordan Spieth has. You know, endings like with the U.S. Open with Dustin Johnson, those are that's drama, man. That, that That's drama. That's what you want to see if you're a golf fan. So you want to see if you're a sports fan. So go Jordan Spieth. Uh, he's good for golf. I'll start watching, and uh, maybe you will too. Well, that's going to do it for today's podcast. A little bit of a short podcast. You know, when I only, when it's just myself, I like to keep it uh, short and sweet. So Sam and I will be back either on Monday or Tuesday. Look for that. It depends when I'm working and not working. I'll be getting my work schedule uh, either today or tomorrow. So look for that podcast. When we do return, we'll be making our uh, si- or our sixth, yep, our sixth stop of the city bus tour. Los Angeles. So, of course, you can rattle off eight different names there. It's going to be tough to cut it down to six. And I know some of you folks were disappointed that we left Isaiah Thomas off the list for the best athlete of Detroit. You know, hey, 
it's 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 tough. Hey, Steve Eiserman or or whoever you thought should have been off the list also had a had a very very good uh, resume as well. So sorry to Isaiah Thomas, he couldn't make the cut. Uh, maybe next time. So, but once again, I am Brian Dostler. Have a great weekend, folks.